0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Before you drive the all-new Nissan Rogue, you gotta ask yourself, how rogue are you gonna go? We talking be one with nature in the desert rogue? Go snowshoeing in Alaska rogue? Or take the long way home just because kind of rogue? Just a question, but with five available drive modes, you're sure to find the answer. Go rogue in the all-new, fiercely reimagined 2021 Nissan Rogue. Now with the most standard safety features in its class. The owner's manual for important safety information. Auto Pacific Segmentation. 2021 Nissan Rogue versus latest in market competitors. Base models compared.
1: You're listening to Smart to Death Radio.
0: The wait for live pro wrestling is over. And the fight for our first responders has just begun. Saturday, July 11th. Synergy Pro Wrestling and Wrestling News World team up to bring you a massive benefit live pro wrestling event for the first responders, live on Fight TV. The greatest rivalry in independent wrestling continues as Alex Zane meets Blake Christian in a 30-minute Iron Man main event match. Two qualifying matches for the prestigious Garden State Invitational Tournament will go down as former WWN champion J.D. Drake meets the unpredictable Tony Deppen, and the ace of space LSG collides with the clout cutter Jordan Oliver. Synergy champion Frightmare and the former Amasis Deshaun Pratt meet in a very unconventional fashion. It's a Frightmare on Pratt Street. Plus Brandon Kirk, MV Young, Matt McIntosh, and the rest of your Synergy favorites. It all happens to benefit our first responders live streaming on Fight TV July 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern. For more information, log on to synergywrestling.com or visit Wrestling News World. Hey, everybody, it's the interview queen, Alicia Toot, here, and you are currently listening to and obviously enjoying Queen's Court.
1: All right, everyone, welcome to this surprise fun Monday episode of Queen's Court with your girl, the Queen of N.E., and we're getting a Monday episode because I couldn't wait until Wednesday, plus I have something else planned, but I couldn't wait until Wednesday to talk about NXT TakeOver in your house, and of course, I'm not alone. I'm not. I have a very special guest, long time coming, super excited to have him. Rob from the Bob Culture Podcast is in the building. Or in the castle, I should. say.
2: Yeah. Welcome, <laughs> Queen. Um, you know, I don't know how special I am. You know, I've I've had a lot of opportunities to interview some big, big names and do some great things and work for some great causes uh, with my show, the Bob Culture Podcast, Shameless Promo. Uh, but being on Queen's Court or being on Queen's show, being in the castle, uh, now I know I've made it. And Queen, I've used this on a lot of shows, but I have to say this in the words of Matt Hardy, Sister Queen. I knew you'd come.
1: Yes, honey, I knew you'd come. I'm so excited to have you here, and uh, you were, you know, you're so gracious to have me on your show multiple times, we just had a conversation on your show with some excellent folks all about our predictions for this show, and I was like, you know what, let's get Rob to come on, and let's have a convo about the post show. (laughs) So I'll do a little tandem, a little tandem conversation today and I'm, I'm super excited. So overall, what did you think about NXT TakeOver in your house on the 25th, you know, anniversary of the In Your House pay-per-view?
2: um so overall and, and let me say this first queen you know i, I know we always put each other over but um <laughs> again thank you for having me but you're a huge part of our show like i don't look at you as a guest anymore like you are part of the show uh we super appreciate it and like i've said on the show it's not an all-star panel unless the queen is there so thank you for being <laughs> a part of that uh prediction show we always love having you and going back to uh take over in your house nxt Uh, I dug the vibe, you know, I think setting the table is very important for these kind of things Um, You know, I have my Johnny rants, we'll get to that I have (laughs) my issues with with some of the booking But as far as the match card, uh, regardless of face, heel, whatever The the booking was very good I was pretty much satisfied with all the outcomes and the winners But more importantly, like I was saying earlier, like setting the table is so important Um, Especially in this world we live in today And I thought they knocked it out of the park, not only with the set and the old school feel but having that live band performance which i've been missing so much and has been such a big important part of NXT especially um you know we would have loved to see bowling for soup at wrestlemania play Alexa <laughs> Bliss out of that right that song is is awesome by the way it is good <laughs> um, but it's, it's so good but seeing code orange uh, live, in person, uh, just a production You know, I'm all about the the local band scene here in the Asbury Park area It just, it made it feel, it gave it a sense of normalcy, I guess And it made it feel like takeover And I think the crowd, this is the best WWE's been done with the crowd thus far And this was light years ahead of uh, what they held for WrestleMania 36 uh, I really enjoyed the production and the booking and uh, just just that live band, Code Orange, that just meant everything to me. It just it, it sucked me in immediately.
1: Yeah, you know what's really cool about NXT, and I and I feel like it has been this way since its inception was, it's uh, real indie kind of gritty punk rock underground like listening to a band in a basement you know what I mean that that cool vibe that's what I love about NXT and having Code Orange and all the the black and white filter in front of this 90s set it's like ah, oh, yes I, I'm back in the 90s listening to grunge punk rock and I'm living my best life but you're right the vibe of the show NXT I feel uh, really sucks people in with their takeovers they always have crazy entrances you know dream is always dressed to something and, and you're looking forward to that and it's it's a more intimate excited crowd and the vibe is great but the 90s set the throwback to what it looked like exactly in 1995 was hilarious and it felt so good with the bright blue and the bright pink it's so 90s i don't know like If you weren't born uh, and grew up in the 90s, just so you know, the pastel and then bright neon colors was a thing. Like, it was everywhere. Like, our schools, the floor was that spackled neon colors. Like, blue, pink, (laughs) green. It looked exactly like that. So, for me, watching it and then seeing, like, the old school commercial styles and the 900 (laughs) numbers, I thought it was hilarious. And it was very positive and... It made a lot of people, I saw on the TL and, of course, uh, in DMs talking, like people were enjoying that feeling. And I think you're right. NXT TakeOver in your house kind of brought it back. It was a yeah. very vibrant crowd. Um, it was supposedly live. That's what it said on the thing. said it was live. Yeah. And Code Orange, uh, as well, it was, was reported that it took one phone call and they drove down from Pennsylvania and just... Psh, Went right to Florida, which I think is amazing. So definitely overall, a positive vibe, 90s throwback, super duper fun. And it was two and a half hours, under two and a half hours. How do you beat that? Perfect. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful Sunday night pay-per-view. And it was uh, full. I mean, even though there were only six matches, it felt more because of all the stuff that they had in between as well. So before we uh, get started here, we had talked a lot on the prediction show on your beautiful podcast about this six-woman tag match, and it ended up opening the show. We had the good guys and the heels, right? So we had Mia Yim and Shotzi and and Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae, uh, Raquel, and Dakota Kai. I remember being like excited that if they gave these girls some time, this would be pretty good. Really cool cast of characters, um, the strong uh, under, I would say the undercard right now of the women's division. And um, what I also loved by the way, PS, there were more women on this card than men. I thought that was awesome. Like the amount of actual women. So that was really cool. And the women open and close show. show. Um, we all wanted and all echoed on your show. We said we wanted them to have time. They had under 10 minutes and it showed. I didn't like this one. What did you think?
2: Okay. So um, I, I'll agree with you in terms of time. Uh, they definitely should have given it more time. Uh, that being said, the, I did enjoy this match a lot and the women absolutely took over this takeover. Absolutely <laughs> stole the show. Um, there's your sound bite. There so, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed this match because I'm riding the momentum of and I'm I'm more of a fan of the style of like the fast pace, high risk, high flying. Like that's just me. Um the slower matches. Like I understand you need to build and stuff like that, but that's never been my cup of tea. So I really, really actually enjoyed this match a lot. This is one of the best six-person matches I've seen in recent memory, definitely in, in 2020, uh, because it established a lot. I loved, you know, we said on the show we want to see Shotzi being highlighted. Uh, and I like what they're doing with Shotzi. We're seeing more and more momentum for her. She is just phenomenal. So we have that great Code uh, code Orange performance. And then Shotzi literally rolls to the ring in the tank, which is just like, yep, I love it. Um, Candace comes down in you know her pixie, uh, evil pick, poison pixie, that's what it is, yep. attire. I thought that was cool. Again, talking about the production, like I think WrestleMania missed this a lot too this year. Lot of new attires. Like yes. I, I appreciate all that. Hashtag uh, wrestling fashion as you always right, say. Buddy. That's uh, right, buddy. That's a whole nother podcast right there. It
1: is, it is.
2: I, <laughs> I did appreciate that with like the broken wings. I thought uh Raquel, I keep want to say Raina, uh Godzilla huh? <laughs> really was able to establish herself as that powerhouse. I love the spot where Shati did the suicide dive or the plancha through the ropes and Reina Straight up caught her. I thought that was a great spot. Then you had Candice doing the reverse back um, springboard cross body onto all the competitors. The Molly go round from Tegan Knox to the outside. So this is me. Like, I love that style. I love all those high spots. Um, you know, Mia Yim shows that she does not believe in fairies. She wasn't clapping her hands uh, when <laughs> she was falling with Candice Ray through the garage. I thought that was like a nice little touch. So it kept the storytelling alive. I love the tandem offense between, uh, what was it? Tegan Knox and shots. He kind of did that tandem Ultimo dragon yes. type maneuver um, into the shiniest wizard. So I actually liked it. I do wish they gave it more time, but I liked the pace because we got all these great spots. We got to establish, uh, everyone's character, you know, it made sense for the faces to win here. Uh, I love the way that they used, uh, Gonzalez in this one who, who I've seen in, uh, at Evolve recently, I guess last year, who is absolutely gorgeous in person um, and just super talented. So I actually really did enjoy this match. I'm curious on your thoughts, though, Queen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really appreciate that perspective. Um, I loved Shotzi in this match. I actually thought that of all of the women in it, she's shown the brightest. And that's not a surprise. <laughs> but she was just on her game last night. And I thought she looked great. Of course, the tank is awesome. And She's a lot of fun in entertaining the ring, and it's so nice as a Shotzi Blackheart fan to watch her star rise in NXT. So that part was great. They did have some cool spots, and it was really nice tandem offense by her and Tegan. I thought that was cool. And then, you know, Tegan got the pin on Dakota. So, I mean, does that put a put a stopper in, in this little feud that they have going on? I don't know, but maybe it does. Um, th- to me, there were great spots, but it, a lot of it felt uh, kind of chunky and weirdly paced for me. There was a lot going on, which, of course, you can expect. It's a six-woman tag. But I felt like it was a little messy in spots, and my attention was driven in in a couple of different directions. So I didn't get to see, on first watch, a lot of the stuff that I watched when I saw it again this morning. Um, So it it was entertaining. It wasn't a bad match by any stretch. I'm not saying that. I just didn't like this one per se. Um, But the fact that the faces got the victory right off the jump, I thought was awesome. So you know, didn't get that one right on predictions, but you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I don't mind being wrong sometimes.
2: (laughs) Very very rarely you're wrong. 90% of the time you're right.
1: (laughs) That's okay. Um, But I'm glad that they opened the show. I thought that that was a really smart choice because of of how they actually booked the rest of this card. I actually like the way That everything kind of flowed together towards, you know, the final match at the end. But speaking of that, the next match was something that I know when we talked on the show that a lot of folks weren't really that excited for. I was excited. (laughs) And I wasn't disappointed. I loved this match between Finn Balor and Damian Priest. I keep having to look at my notes because I wanna I wanna call him punishment Martinez so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I it's okay. I will remember that it's it's priest. But this was interesting, right? Because the build towards this and, and you know Finn being a heel and Priest being a heel, we weren't really sure. Like, they're trying to play Finn as the good guy in this thing. And we weren't, you know, it was a little bit of uncertainty about how this was going to be. But these two in the ring, I thought were excellent. It was a rock-solid match. I thought Damian Priest was booked beautifully to look so strong. Even Triple H was on Twitter right after that match saying, this guy's money, like, he's he's putting in the work, he's awesome, right? And um, another hashtag wrestling fashion moment, okay, first of all. (laughs) Finn's jacket on point, but the m- blue <laughs> metallic gear. Oh, yes, and Damian Priest's white mesh pants punk situation. All about that. So, what did you think about this match? After all, were you were you pleasantly surprised with what you got, or
2: uh, I was? I wouldn't say I was as excited about it as you are. I feel like this is one of these things, Queen, where you and I are on opposite, <laughs> which is which makes for good conversation, yes. good podcast, and all that. Um. <laughs> For me, I did. It was better than I expected. I have been recently more underwhelmed by Finn lately. Uh, like I had said in the past, I thought that match with Gargano was just going to be like potential match of the year candidate and all that. I was underwhelmed by that. This match, I thought was good. It was better than I expected it to be. Um, I thought I almost said punishment. Uh, I thought that Damian Priest was used very strongly. Uh, I like to see him execute his move set. A lot of outside-the-ring action in this one. A lot of apron spots, a lot of step spots, uh, which was interesting. Kind of told a story, which was really good. But again, my, where I'm underwhelmed is just... I like punish... I want to keep saying punishment.
1: I know, Damie. Damien, right?
2: um, you could hear Morrow during the commentary, too. He's like, laying in the punishment. You know Morrow, he gets he him in absolutely.
1: there. He gets Lying. it, he understands.
2: That <laughs> man is a national treasure. Um, yes. One of the best commentators of all time. But I digress. Uh, but Damien Priest gets all these great moves, really got to shine, got a lot of the offense until the end. And th- my only issue is Balor, he has like a lot of those signature moves and, you know, he he hits his spots, but like he took a lot of the punishment um, until the end where he hits, you know, his his running corner drop kick and then the double coup de gras, And that was it. So I would have liked to seen a little bit more, I guess, back and forth. But I think you bring up a great point. And like you're saying, Triple H was showing like it really did get the spotlight. Damian Priest, uh, who who's been on a bit of a losing streak. So that's a that's a great way to look at it. Overall, I I expect more from Balor, but uh, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was good.
1: Yeah, I thought the match was really solid as well. And, you know, it it speaks to what I think kind of may happen next with Damian Priest. I feel like he's going to go back. In in and around the North American title picture, I feel like that's a really good spot for him to be. Where I feel like Balor is going to go back to the to the top area um, yes. with with some other players, which we'll get to shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I just I thought it was really good in that it set up Priest. I think ultimately that was my takeaway. And you know I I do feel what you're saying about Finn though. I, I love Finn Balor very very much, but um, it's definitely not the same level of Finn that we're expecting i guess Expect- is, the, is the better
2: way to put it expectations are just so high uh for a right. talent his caliber but you know at the same time like he in a way he put over damian priest like obviously he got the win and all that but um you right. know he did what he was supposed to do and maybe my my bar was just set so incredibly high like it was for Gar- gargano finn balor so that's you know expectations are everything <laughs>
1: It's very true. Sometimes you change, you just gotta change your perspective a little bit. Plus, I feel like I have to constantly remind myself that this is this is not first NXT Finn. This is not Raw and SmackDown NXT Finn. This is a brand new Finn Balor, right? He's leaning on Prince uh, Devitt from New Japan for sure. But even they they are not the same. So I feel like a lot of it is him leaning into this new version or or. Uh, maybe a Prince DeVitt 2.0 <laughs> WWE uh, <laughs> stamp <laughs> version of himself. And and maybe we'll see some more things as this story progresses with with Finn. So I, I don't know. I, I'll try to be hopeful. I'll try to take a page out of your book and be a little more positive. I'll be hopeful about it. Um, but I'm ready. I'm ready for the rant because this next match we uh, have to talk about. You're going to kick a, yep. No, I will not. No, I will not. <laughs> it is Keith Lee versus of course johnny gargano for the north american championship okay i i just want to sit i'm like i said on your prediction show i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna sit my water and i'm gonna listen go ahead
2: (laughs) all right i'm not gonna hijack your show here queen but i'll uh you you, you go short and sweet version here i'll try anyway um anyone who listens to my show knows that we are we've always been a very pro becky lynch podcast and always been a very pro johnny gargano podcast mm-hmm. um as i said on my show our, our good brother chris nunez co-host of the most has literally done watch-alongs on our show with johnny gargano and tears were shed i mean they are gargano is his inspiration uh he was there when he won the title in new york uh we love gargano we think it makes his story with champa perfect i mean perfect put a bow on it 100 percent perfect they got a little cute with it, you know, they reunited uh, DIY, they had that nice match with Mustache Mountain, which was, again, amazing, amazing, like, those are, when I talk amazing matches, like, that's right up there, I love that match, but then they got cute at TakeOver Portland, where I feel like bizarre World kind of started to happen with <laughs> And, uh, you know, they re- we're just like, why are they rehashing this feud? I don't necessarily love this direction for Johnny. I don't. You know, they keep saying, you know why, you know why, which is a running joke on our show. <laughs> but uh, I don't entirely get it. You know, it was I think it was explained as Champa. You know, the fans are loving Champa now and he sees right through it. And that was kind of his motivation. And they had this, you know, backstage cinematic brawl kind of thing. But. Johnny Gargano as a heel doesn't make sense to me. I think it's going to make for a lot of great matches, matches and matchups, like him versus Keith Lee. On paper, that's just a, a great match. We're going to see a lot more of him fighting face characters. I think that makes a lot of sense. But this like dinner table thing with the black and white, to me, it's silly. Uh, a lot of the things, and we'll get to it in this match, kind of <sighs> hit me as silly. Like in spots, are really. Like, people love this match. I'm kind of back and forth on it. But uh, I'll get to that in a little bit. But I just don't understand heel Johnny Gargano. He's the ultimate, not the ultimate underdog, but he's clearly babyface underdog. More than anything, it hurts me that I don't get that Rebel Heart music every time (laughs) comes out. Uh, This guy is one of my favorites today. If I had to pick my current favorite, it would be him. And I don't, I think it also devalues his in-ring performance because of all these, you know, as we said, chicken you know what like heel tactics uh that really I feel take away from the in-ring performance and I think he's just a great storyteller in the ring I think he has a mixed style of everything and he's an inspiration and I just don't for me personally get it I kind of feel like there's a lot of heels on NXT right now and I can only especially on the men's side I I can only name like one or two like Clear cut faces probably Keith Lee And I would say Matt Riddle but now he's been Called up and then you kind of have like these Like tweeners I would say like Dream and Ciampa you know even Though he's a face uh, but like Not clear cut faces So I'll I'll leave it at That but I just don't I can't wrap my head Around heel Johnny Gargano And my rebel heart is broken
1: Oh no (laughs) Not the rebel heart being broken that Breaks my heart Rob don't (laughs) do It to me it's all, all right, It's right. You know what the thing is? I think his best work is as that baby face. He just, he's so good at it. It's not to say that he isn't good at a heel. I feel like he picks his moments really well. He can ham things up when he needs to. He can be pompous when he needs to, right? He definitely can do it. But I think, like you, I, I just prefer the other way. <laughs> I just, I like him better in that rebel heart. Uh, the 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 Mr. Wrestling, you know, the guy, right? Johnny Wrestling. That's who I want to see. Um, and I don't mind him being a heel right now. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. I'm interested to see where it's going to go, but I don't like the chicken shit heel stuff. I agree with you. It takes a lot away from his capability in the ring as one of the best, and it, it bothers me. A little bit is fine, but I feel like consistently week over week, there's been shenanigans with him week over week and like crazy stuff keeps happening. I'm like, why Why are we doing this? You don't need to do that. There are, there are people who do chicken shit heel stuff perfectly. I feel like Johnny doesn't need that. He can just be a heel without it. Um, but this match, I feel like was way more of a storytelling than it was an actual physical matchup. And we had talked about on your, on your show uh, for predictions for this, how, We were excited because, you know, at least for me, Keith Lee's reign, you know, has been hit hard by COVID, as has everything else, of course. But he's been fighting bigger guys. And finally to have someone to foil against, like Johnny, like we said on paper, wow, this is going to be really cool. And I don't feel like it lived up to that side, but it definitely lived up to the storytelling for sure. Now I have to ask you, he loses here, Gargano. And Keith Lee is, and still. So where does Johnny go from here? Because I know we were talking and thinking about, all right, well, Johnny's this heel. They're really pushing this forward with Candace and now they have him lose. So like, where, where are we going with Johnny Gargano, Rob? What do you think?
2: That's a great question, Queen. And I think we are actually on the same page here for this one. Yeah. Um, I was just real quick match recap, and then I'll answer yeah. your question. That's, that's a phenomenal question. I I like the way this match started out uh, You know his like entrance and that new music That's like a whole nother thing and he locks the door Like why yeah. are you locking the door but whatever You know we see him put the key in the tights So like automatically you know what's going to happen Like the sure. key is going to come into play Just like it did we see what's going to happen here I'm thinking Johnny's going to win by hook or by crook so The match starts out With that classic little man versus big man Matchup and this is where I really like the match You know Johnny's right. strike 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 It's not phasing Keith Lee we're telling a story here I love it um, I love that spot like I said earlier Where Shotzi did the dive and Raquel caught her um, But Like Johnny did the dive here And Keith Lee caught him so easily I <laughs> love that spot. I thought it was amazing like, He's like a little baby you know he just yeah. caught him And uh, <laughs> so then he bad. goes for like a diving her Conrada, and Keith Lee catches him again Like something and that those were the parts Of the matches like the storytelling that I liked I thought that was really good And I'm like man these guys are such good wrestlers Like this is awesome And then the other 90% of the match was Johnny targeting his eye, like, in plain sight of the ref the whole time. Like, again, I know it's storytelling and whatnot. And then they're outside of the ring for so long that, like, the ref is just completely useless in this match. There's no (laughs) count out. You know what I mean? It's just like, Johnny's going to be a heel, and we're going to let him be a heel. And that took away from the wrestling for me. And there were some, like, good spots. Like, I love the pounce. Like, I was wait. I'm like, I hope he does the pounce on Johnny, because that'll be an awesome spot. And he does it through the, the plexiglass or whatever, which yes. I thought was, like, a really- finally someone really used
1: that, Rob. Finally. Yes.
2: Yes, you're absolutely right, Queen. And uh, I was glad to see that. So there are parts of this match that I really, really, really like. But after that spot, or right, I think it was after that spot, they walk up the ramp again. Like, the ref is, like, up to four, <laughs> even though they've been out of the ring for 20 minutes and this is this is like the stuff that gets me like i get it he's a heel and i get it like when you tell a story but he goes to the door and he tries to like open the front door and it's locked or whatever because he just locked it which again is stupid but there's like two giant openings on either side of the door and like you throughout the night you could see like wwe crew running back and forth back there it was really funny to watch but like to me that's like stupid like you, like if you are trying to hide or run away like why are you trying to go through the it's just like another thing that doesn't make sense to me like i know this is wrestling world but still like he's trying to get in the door and there's these two giant openings on either side of the door i'm just like what is it? like that part killed me um and then you know as far as the match played out i i saw like the heel spots coming and the cheap spots coming and the key uh, i thought johnny was going to take it i would have been happy to see him be a two time north american champion uh, I was really happy with the decision, though, for Keith Lee to retain here. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was great, even though he he got the rake to the eye and the key shot and all that. And to answer your original question, where does Johnny go for, from here? I don't have an answer for that. I think this loss, like, he's, he's a good actor. Like we said, I loved his confrontation with Moro. I thought that was one of his good spots. I think he'll be a great heel. I just don't, I, like we said, I don't like all these little tactics. I think it takes away from his wrestling. He's a great actor, but I don't understand the story behind it. I don't I don't have an answer. I just see this being a way for him to have more matches with with face characters. So it should make for some great matchups. I think the payoff here really is for Candace, I mm. think, and who's been criminally underutilized in NXT, criminally. And she's always stolen the show on the indies every time I've seen her. Even when NXT comes to town, she steals the show matches yeah. with Shane Baszler and the likes. So I think the payoff here is for Candice, because as you guys have said on my show many times, Johnny leads NXT, but he's also done it all in NXT. So I don't I don't know the answer, but I think the payoff here is definitely for the Poison Pixie.
1: Well, I feel like that's a great point, because, you know, th- this match, too, was the longest on the card. I felt like it went a little bit too long, which which didn't help anything. I don't think um, I think you're right about Candace. Johnny has done everything, and I don't think him going to SmackDown or Raw is a good choice for him. I just don't. I don't think he'll be utilized in the way that he's being used in NXT. I just don't see it. So for Candice, it might be time for Johnny to step in a role to support her, as she's always been supporting him since joining NXT uh, and kind of being by his side with everything with Champa and you know, then go, turn, then turning, and then, you know, now we have this like evil queen, poison pixie vibes going on, little Disney villain vibe, which is great. Um, but I want to see that pay off. I want to see our little cupcake, um, you know, turn poisonous and and get a little crazy. So maybe that's what that's where this is going, and we kind of build up the um, Mr. and Mrs. Wrestling as a really formidable pair. Who, you know, there's another formidable pair that we're gonna get to shortly that, you know, they may have some confrontation and that might not be a bad idea. Um I just think that it's tough for Johnny. He's done everything in NXT. So like, where do you put him? What do you do? He's literally won everything. <laughs> so now what? <laughs> yeah. He's done it all in NXT. So I'm, I'm hoping what they do with this story is different and interesting to keep him relevant. If the, he, they're going to have him stay there, which I really think that they should, I, I hope that they're pushing some creative for him. Um, and Keith Lee is a freaking star, man. Oh, God, he's so good. And I can't wait to see the new matchups that are going to come his way for that title. And, you know, I'm still secretly hoping in my heart that we get a Keith Lee Brock Lesnar sometime soon. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Oh, man, they teased that at the Rumble, Rob, and I, like, lost it. I that's love when great. he came down and Brock was like, oh, he's a big boy. And I was like, yes, he is. <laughs> Bask awesome. in his glory, honey. Yes.
2: That's oh, money, Queen. And, and speaking is. of money real quick, uh, yeah. you kind of touched on something. Uh, you know, you were talking about Candice and the cupcake and the evil thing. Maybe someone does a shirt design that's like, you know, like the poison apple, but maybe like a poison cupcake. That's money right there. Pro, pro Wrestling Tees, WWE Shop, get on that.
1: Yeah, call me. I'll take a, a very small percentage. <laughs> Got to keep the lights on. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> I know. I know what you're saying.
1: <laughs> Just kidding. Um. So wow. Okay. Well, that was that was an interesting one, and it yeah. led surprisingly, but I'm so glad, into the NXT Championship match between Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream, which of course was a more cinematic style. Um, back.
0: Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the.
2: Hey, I'm Mike, and this year, thanks to Metro, nothing's getting between me and my holidays. As a rideshare driver, I know a thing or two about going the extra mile, and Metro's helping me go even further.
0: Metro covered the switching fees and gave me and the family high-speed data for only $25 a line
2: for four lines. Plus, we scored four free Galaxy phones from Metro just for switching. Now, we can all get in the holiday spirit streaming our favorite tunes and in the new year over video chat with family and friends.
1: Flat brawl, Fast and the Furious apparently vibes. Yeah. Um, and I'm so pumped that this was put here, so the other two could follow it. I have a lot to say about this one. So when it opened up, and you see Adam Cole rolling in that monster truck scenario, being a hundred percent heel, Adam Cole baby to the exact fullest. I'm like, okay, good. We're setting it up as, he, as he's the best. He's going to be undisputed. They're definitely coming in a car. Uh, it's going to be dope. And then we get a shot of like all the cars with their lights on and the rings in the middle and everything's blacked out. And they're on this like fake set type thing. But it looked really cool at first. And I was like, ah, all right. So this will be like a different type of cinematic one because it won't be really full cinematic because there's commentary. But it won't be a wrestling match either. Really. Mm. So I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll see how this is goes. And then comes Dream in on this Lambo, and he comes out, his hair's different, and he's dressed as Negan. And I was like, oh, the walking dream. Let's go. I was so excited. Full outfit, full vibes. The boots were on point. (laughs) Bat and everything, throws the bat away, and he's talking trash the second he's out of that Lambo. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Here we go. And we get 15 minutes of this match. And right at the beginning, I thought it was good. And then it started to take a turn for me. The sound that they had running through that entire thing was so aggravating. I thought they turned the sound volume for like the background noise way too high. So it made it difficult to kind of focus on what we were supposed to be watching. And other than the spot where Adam went into the windshield of the car... I really didn't like the way that this went. I, you know, you knew Undisputed was coming. That wasn't surprising. Uh, the Oh, I actually, I lied. The only other spot I liked was Dexter Loomis coming out of Under the Ring to get Undisputed. That made me happy. Um, but I actually didn't like their chemistry in this at all. I feel like these two guys uh, suffered a lot from the quote-unquote cinematic spin that they put on this match. Um, while they're great, characters and they can do things you know like uh their their vignettes and videos they talk a great promo they do all this stuff this type of match didn't really suit them i don't know what was going on but it wasn't like you thought it was going to be and i think too the past couple takeover nxt championship matches have been out of control good like out of control good some of the best matches in wrestling history with adam cole and johnny gargano period and then we get this one and i'm like oh And I think it also suffered, too, because we've had so many cinematic matches, and the two in NXT haven't lived up to the ones they've done um, on Raw and SmackDown or at Mania, you know? It's not, or their other pay-per-views. I just don't think it was as good. Like, the Money in the Bank one had a lot of really funny spots, and it told a good story. A little cheesy, but it told a good story. This one, I felt like, what's the story here? Um, I, I I didn't get it. I would have loved to see Adam Cole just as Rick Grimes. That would have made me happy with the cowboy hat as the foil to Negan. Right. But Rick's the good guy and Negan's the bad guy. Like what I don't, it was a lot of disconnect for me, Rob. And I can't figure out really what it is other than what I've just said, but something about it. I really didn't care for it. There were parts that I liked, but honestly, I was sitting there the whole time going, Oh, I wish they were just in a ring fighting. What do you think?
2: I think we're on the same page here for, for the most part, yeah. Queen. Uh, I definitely agree with you. If you want a real, like, heartfelt opinion on this, uh, I don't know if you saw Anthony from Smart to Death. He did a <laughs> whole rant about this match. And, I mean, he, he compared it to a certain kind of sandwich, and he went and do description about the bread for that sandwich, and uh, he did not like it. I will, no, put, I will put it that way. He did not like it at all. Um... It wasn't my favorite but I did not hate it as much as he did. Yeah. Um, same. <laughs> there's there's an interesting take for you. Uh so shout out to Anthony over there at Smart to Death. But I'll say this like I see the place for this kind of a match with everything going on in the world and you know not being having able to have these full arena shows like you're going to need something different. It makes sense. My issue was I really wanted to see like a good wrestling match. Even though, you know, we have good wrestling matches throughout the night and TakeOver. But as I said on my show, the last time they fought for the title, the match started at 9.52 on a regular episode of NXT. So it was an eight-minute match. It was a good match right. uh, for the NXT title, you know, sure. poor, but eight minutes. So, right. they, right, you know, they're hitting all the big spots early and, and like, the pacing feels off and it feels rushed. Uh, so I, I'm expecting this to be, like, the really big, good one, you know, even if it is a backlot brawl. And I think you said it perfectly outside of the spot where he went through the car windshield. It was it almost reminiscent of, of edge Orton a little bit in, in terms of the, like, again, I like a quicker pace, but just like the walking around and walking down the street and cold, trying to open every door and hiding and peekaboo and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, Loomis, who I have mixed feelings on I, who, who I can't really have a, a fair opinion Anya, uh, he's going to be one of those guys that I'm going to end up like loving. I already know it, but <laughs> he—he's um, got that that presence about him, that that ominous, and uh, I just feel like he his like look doesn't match his persona. So I need to kind of connect those dots a little bit more. But he's a very interesting character. I did like how he put him in the trunk and drove away. I thought that was fascinating. Uh, and the other spot I did like. So the windshield spot, and I thought this was a cool spot. And where I'm talking more about the wrestling, he did a cold did a Panama Sunrise mm-hmm. into the Dream Valley Driver. I thought that was very cool, interesting reversal. He's like, whoa, 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 and it just like yeah. went right up. was sound I, th- I, <laughs> like, I was like, what just happened? I was like, what just happened? And usually when I say that, it's something like really really cool. I'm like, oh, what was that? And I'm like, who who like ended up getting the impact there? So I thought that was a cool spot. I wanted to see more of that kind of stuff but outside of that it was a match uh i'm glad you know when it was i think it was what the fourth match on the show maybe third or fourth yeah it was the fourth match fourth match on the show and in my head i'm like great i hope the women close the show like i'm so excited for that match. and after watching that match i was like yeah this definitely should not have closed the show so it was a match it there was stuff happened uh i'm glad cole (laughs) retained Yeah, but nothing, you know, for that amount of production, you know, I love the lighting. I I like the vibe. I I just expected a lot more. So it was a match.
1: (laughs) It was a match. It's a great way to put it. it. It was something I definitely didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. And when you're used to seeing NXT takeovers totally kill it. This this was hard. I was like, ooh, this was a misstep. But that's all right. I mean, it happens, and that's fine. So let's put that to bed and move on. The only thing I'm interested in now, really, is that now that Dream has lost and is not allowed to challenge for the championship while Adam Cole is champion, I'm interested to see how they're going to book Dream. I'm wondering if his char- character is going to change a little bit. I'm wondering if he's going to be a more introspective, like, different sadder version of dream and i wonder how they're going to tell this story and where ultimately he's gonna go i wonder if he's gonna have to like kind of bootstrap it and go to the bottom and come back uh, in order to regain another shot when adam cole eventually will lose this title i heard a lot of also rumblings that he may be going to either smackdown or raw and i don't know i don't know about that but I think what's next for dream is an interesting conversation. And I think they have an opportunity to tell a really compelling story.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's hard. He's such a unique persona, a uh, unique character uh, on the show. You know, we always talk about true faces and true heels, you know, he's a face right now, but he's doing a lot of the heel stuff with the tights and what he puts on his gear, um, right. the way he provokes the UE and all that kind of stuff. So you, they could do anything with him you know uh, was it bill or someone on our show said he he had the potential to be like a rock caliber uh type. yeah i think that was bill i'm pretty sure i think that was bill yeah. so he's got all the potential in the world you know i always think of him as patrick clark from tough enough um <laughs> are arguing arguing with the people that didn't know about WWE. he's like well you should know and like all that kind of stuff like that's <laughs> the way i always think of him but he's really made this character something interesting something unique and um you know they could. You know the world is his oyster. If he does everything the right way, they could do anything with him. So it'll be interesting to see if he if he embraces more of that that face role, or maybe you know, like you said, we see more of a maybe depressed or taken back. Maybe leads him to more of a heel kind of dream again, which I could see happening. The way NXT's been, we just see a lot of back and forth. Uh, it'll be very very interesting to see my gut is that we're just gonna have an episode of NXT and he's gonna go out and fight like Cameron Grimes and we're gonna pretend like none of it ever happened, but we'll see. Yeah,
1: that could be, that could very well, could be. But I guess we will have to tune in and find out. Um, I think the most impactful and exciting and highly anticipated thing of this pay-per-view from NXT was the debut At a takeover of Carrion Cross with Scarlett. Seeing him come out at a takeover to face Tommaso Ciampa, one of the cornerstones of NXT, right? And Ciampa's a face, lol. So funny. (laughs) I find that hilarious.
2: I agree. I agree. I just
1: do. He's such, and it's the exact opposite with Gargano. I prefer, prefer Johnny as a, a face. And I prefer Champa as a heel period. It that's just, it is what it is. Um, Champa reminds me of like Kevin Owens. Like, yeah, he's a face, but he's still Tommaso Ciampa, I guess. <laughs> um, yes. But, but this is his debut here. Killer cross as we know him carrying cross. Now coming in for a takeover He's facing Ciampa. You know stuff's about to go down because the way that he's been booked since his debut. His entrance on NXT when he debuted on Wednesday night was the most unbelievable thing I've seen in a long time. In a a world in NXT where the characters, I feel like the stories are a little bit less, this is a true character that is being born. Like they are the the fallen prey and Scarlett singing the song, like literally singing the song, and the lip singing the song in the ring and her outfit. Oh my god. Woo.
0: Wrestling and, fashion.
1: Uh, my God, wrestling fashion. Good <laughs> lord. Um, you know, and, and his imposing presence and their expressions and the way that he carries himself and then runs through people week after week on NXT. Man, they're putting a rocket to this man. And I don't think that's a mistake. Sometimes I feel like they push people down your throat too fast, too soon. This is not one of those cases. I think he belongs at the top. I don't think that we will exit 2020 without him having a belt. I just think it's going to happen. I can feel it. This is a a big, imposing, talented man. And the way that he is um, engaging with the NXT audience through the camera and engaging with the NXT wrestlers, I feel like is... On another level, the fact that he ran through Tommaso Ciampa in six minutes and ten seconds and submitted the man. Woo, child. I mean, come on. That's Tommaso Ciampa. That's not someone in the back. That's not, a, uh, as you say, you know, people say a jobber. That, that's not anybody in the mid card. That is Tommaso Ciampa. This is a massive statement. Massive. And I was so excited. I loved this match. I thought it was really strong. I do wish Ciampa got a little bit more offense in. Because he is Tommaso Ciampa. So, like, give him something. <laughs> give, give me a little. Give me a little. Because uh, he he's the guy. So, um, if you're going to have someone run through him, you still have to have a, a, a Ciampa put up a fight. In, in my opinion. That's what I think. But overall, the submission I thought was great. Scarlett on the outside was great. The way they interact together. I mean, they've been the Killer Smoke Show for a long time. So, they got this stuff down. But I just feel like this debut at a takeover Woo! one of the best in recent history
2: yeah absolutely queen we are 100 percent on the same page for this one um talking in terms of carrying i still want to say killer cross carrying cross i got to cover his um debut on nxt uh for the site for pop break.com yes. Uh, and then i covered the pay-per-view last night article's probably up right now uh shout to bill for putting that up uh what what else can we say about this? I, I use the word perfect, perfect, perfect. That entrance. Just we haven't even talked about the match, just the entrance I know. from his debut. Even that the camera angles, the Oof. smoke, the lighting, Scarlet, the, the wrestling fashion, the mannerisms. Pff, already one of the best entrances. And this is in front of like especially when it started NXT, like essentially no crowd. Now, like last night we had a crowd, but I mean, imagine that in front of a crowd. I mean, that Twitter was breaking for his entrance when there was no crowd whatsoever. I could go on and on about that entrance—the the blocking, the pageantry, the theatrics. Oh my gosh, perfection, perfect. He comes out now, as Bill said on the our show. He thinks this is going to be somewhat of a squash match. I'm just like, but it's Champa, like former NXT right. champion, the Blackheart. Uh, you know, aside from Shotzi of NXT, yeah, the, the Chromeheart. Of NXT, you know, I, he was in that title picture. He wants to get Goldie back, and to have Cross come out and beat him, as you said, in six minutes and ten seconds, all offense, nothing but suplexes and and powerful kicks. I think Champa got in a running knee when Cross was caught in the ropes, hit a Willow's Bell, almost hit a fairy tale ending, and outside of that, I don't think he got any other offense in the whole match. No. I won't say I'm shocked, but I w- I was surprised to see Choppa go down without more of a fight, like a little bit more of a fight, because uh, I was excited for this match. And again, I don't have a problem with it. I think it makes a lot of sense. I see if uh, Dream does get the title or, or Face does get the title moving forward, crosses the guy that comes in there, chokes him out, locks in that cross jacket submission, new NXT champion and, in minutes. You know, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with this guy. And I can say great things about Chompa. We love Champa, but I think this is a little, not a passing of a torch, but kind of like showing what cross is going to be moving forward. Like you said, you wouldn't be surprised to see him with a championship by the end of 2020. I wholeheartedly agree. This is a guy who is disciplined in the ring. He has respect for the business. Uh, I think we've all met him personally. So very mm-hmm. well spoken as bill says he must moisturize because he has a very, very smooth handshake. He does. And, uh, <laughs> this guy this guy is the the real deal i remember speaking to him and saying he beat up my friend uh Serpentigo, uh, who you see on uh, aew and i'm just like i'm like you beat up my friend man but like hell of a match or whatever and you know he stopped and talked to us for a couple minutes you know gave him a fist bump and just like really respectful chill well-spoken dude who respects the business and the sky is the limit this was um this match is what it needed to be. I don't have a problem with with Chompa losing so quickly. I, I would have in a perfect world. I would have expected a little bit more offense from Chompa, but it makes sense. It makes sense. And, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for carrying across.
1: Hundred percent agree here, and I feel like you know the the message last night from WWE and Triple H and NXT was if you're not on board, get on board because this is the guy. Uh, hop, hop on the train, folks. Promise you, it's super fun. Uh, I, I loved his stuff in the indies. I love his stuff now. I'm really excited. This is a big, big, big time character for NXT, and he he is going to shine brightly and so will scarlet uh and don't sleep on her because people just think that she's pretty and a valet Uh uh-uh oh no she'll she'll murder in the ring she's really good uh so it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun um but speaking of the ladies let's round it out they close the show for the first time women have been main eventing in nxt at a takeover since 2015 about time five years later here we are they said that on the show. I was shocked. I was like, whoa, really? It's been that long? It has. So we have this triple threat with Charlotte Flair, of course, the champion, uh, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. And oh boy, oh boy, we have an end new NXT Women's Champion, Io Shirai. My heart exploded like the streamers they dropped for her and the confetti, my heart was exploding. This was so exciting. I love Eo. She's one of, if not the best in the world. And she is just, ah, oh, what a what a what a showcase for her. Finally, I feel like about time. I thought this was gonna go to Rhea Ripley. I'm really glad it didn't. I'm super happy with the outcome. Um, overall, I thought it was decently solid. I think that Charlotte and Eo don't have the best chemistry, and that showed here. But what also showed was the insane chemistry that Charlotte and Rhea have, as we saw at Mania, which was the best match at Mania, in my opinion. um, I thought they did it again here. So Charlotte-Rhea singles part two, I think is going to be an excellent uh, showcase whenever that happens. I don't think it'll be soon, but whenever that happens. Um, So there was a little bit of craziness that I didn't quite like, um, especially because of the chemistry between Io and Charlotte just wasn't, wasn't hitting, but Uh, There were some great spots in here. Um, EO jumping off the house. Yes, honey. Of course, you knew it was going to happen. Genius of the sky. Someone's going to jump off of it. I'm really glad it's her. And uh, man, she hit that ending move. Knees right to Rhea's face for the one, two, three. Broke up the the figure eight. And she won. And oh my God, Charlotte's face was awesome. I thought she sold that reaction really well. And the place came unglued. You know, people are so happy for EO. And I thought that that's... You know, the most excellent thing ever. And, um, you know, the women's champions right now in WWE are Asuka, Bailey, Bailey Sasha, and EO. That has yeah. to feel good. It feels good to me. <laughs> I feel good about it.
2: <laughs> Love it.
1: I'm loving it. And, um, you know, I uh, I wish this was a little bit better. I'm going to say that. I wish it was a little bit better. But in the end, I don't care. Because I woke up today and EO Shirai is the NXT women's champion. Uh, so, like, I really don't care. <laughs> what did you think?
2: Well, uh, in the words of the great one, The Rock, I'll say this. Finally, we have EO uh, as the champ. And uh, I, you know, we've also been a very big EO or pro EO podcast. Uh, I loved her, her tributes to Rey Mysterio, my personal favorite. Uh, as the face character in fact it's an interesting question i'll ask you this but like um moving forward like is eo a face now so that's something to think about but uh even even killer cross going back to that like is he a, considered a face or a heel so it's interesting again we can have that whole face heel conversation but so happy for eo shirai new nxt women's champion she got the chance to showcase everything in her arsenal during this match. Uh, I love one of the best springboard dropkicks you will ever see in the business. Oh, um, so and then, you know, the, the roof is literally on fire because uh, EO jumping off the top of that house was perfect using the set. Even when Charlotte threw EO through that little window, the whole show, I'm like, I hope someone goes through the window. So that made me happy. Uh, Rhea could have used a little bit more of a spotlight in this. She hit that um, riptide off the top turnbuckle. I do, I do think she needs another finisher i know i'm all over the place here but just breaking down the match go for it um i do like her submission move the prism something or other um but her her riptide slam is it it, it needs it needs some sort of finesse or something or like a three like a spin like an f5 or so i don't know it's just kind of like you know when you lock in that triangle choke and they pick you up and they slam you down It, it just needs a little bit more but that was a vicious move off the top charlotte was dominant very, very early. Got to showcase her power. Didn't make her look weak at all. The double spears. The beginning of the match, she was manhand- woman handling the <laughs> uh, the other two opponents. So I thought that was cool to see. But EO got to hit all these great spots. And uh, as far as the ending of the match, again, this is just nitpicking. This is nitpicking. I love the match. Uh, this was the perfect match to close the show. This was the right call for EO to win. Uh, I thought Rhea for sure was going to take you here, but I'm so glad Io just got this title. The streamers were the icing on the cake, the confetti uh, for the Josie Judas, as uh, Moro always says. Yeah. And uh, my my one nitpick here, and again, this is just nitpicking, which she hits that moonsault, she lands on Rhea's face. Well, I'm just like, ooh, like that yeah. was rough. But how does that break up the yes? figure a, and again this is nitpicking and i feel like i'm just i feel like i shouldn't even said it because i feel like no, I'm it's okay. i can Rhea, not charlotte that's true it, it's like it, like uh, the way maybe it was supposed to be and again like it could have been just like charlotte didn't realize or get there in time like you said the facial expression the storytelling so that's probably what it was i i shouldn't nitpick too much but i thought maybe it was supposed to be reminiscent of like jeff hardy triple h edge where triple h what hit the pedigree on edge he's pinning Edge uh, Jeff hits the swanton onto triple H pins edge as triple H gets rolled rolls out of the ring because they both get hit by the swanton bomb so I thought maybe that was supposed to be kind of the ending Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe but I mean it's hard to hit that moonsault and they were kind of in the middle of the ring too so she can fly the genius of the sky. Uh, I couldn't be happier. That's just nitpicking. I really enjoyed this match. I thought the women, as I said, stole the show here. This was the perfect call to end the night. And just like we said earlier, you set the table perfectly with the live band, the old school feel, and you go out on a high note, you get those bookends. And that's what makes a great show. Congratulations, Io Shirai.
1: Yeah, big time congrats to Io. This is a huge moment. Loved loved the bookend, and, you know, we ended with lots of color, <laughs> which was perfect, uh-huh. given the fact that the beginning was black and white. It's the little uh-huh. things with NXT. You know, there's there's stuff that they do that you're like, yeah, it's probably not intentional, but cool. And there's other things I feel like they make really cool choices on that, that I love the way they make NXT feel. And what a feel-good moment, and everyone is so excited for her. And I'm excited... About her future. I'm excited for the matches we're going to get. I want EO Candace. I can't wait for that to happen. Now that EO has the title, that's going to be a big deal. Um, you know, I think EO will be EO. I think she'll be faced in some situations and heal in others. I think the evil craziness is just going to kind of be her vibe, and it's whoever she's facing. Is she's just going to be herself? I think that that's probably the best that they can do with it. I think it would be it would serve her character well to embrace that evil EO, but like more like crazy than evil. I guess is the is the better way to go, but. Um, NXT Women's Division is super strong and has a really bright future, and I'm excited to see how they're going to book this from now on. Charlotte, of course, uh, this evening will have a match for the title versus Asuka. So. We we called that one, didn't we, Rob? Yeah, <laughs> we said she right. was going to Raw to fill the void, and she's going to Raw to fill the void. So uh, I'm not surprised by that. I think that she did a lot of great work uh, in her short time in NXT in terms of, you know, she really wanted to work with some of the younger talent, and I think that that's awesome. There's, I think that's commendable, and, uh, you know, she's she's one of the best that they have, if not the best, uh, other than Eo and Asuka. So it's awesome. It, I think it's good stuff. And uh, overall, I'd say it was a really solid pay-per-view. Is it going to be in my top five favorites? No. But I think it was super enjoyable overall. And the stuff that, like, I didn't really like isn't a huge deal. I wasn't, like, you know, sad or upset. I just didn't like certain parts. And overall, though, it's a takeover. And it had a feel-good vibe, so.
2: Yeah. Absolutely I completely agree with that uh, I think you know I didn't think we were going to be on the same page For a lot of stuff but I think we're we're kind of having the same Vibe here um, outside Of again I won't go on a rant but outside of Me being rebel heartbroken uh, That Johnny heel turn I just don't get it uh, This this the winners And the outcomes and the matches themselves were booked Very very well they put on a heck of a Show especially during this time uh, Where we don't have these arenas we don't have this crowd and, and like I said just going back to the beginning That live band set the Tone mm. really really gave us that sense of normalcy. So I appreciate that. And uh, overall, really enjoyed the show.
1: I agree. And, and it's kicking off um, the coming out of the no fans era that we've had for the past couple of months. You know, we had this show, and then you're going to have Backlash and New Japan and uh, GCW. It's kind of all coming back, quote unquote, in, in some way, shape, or form. And, and I think uh, this one being the, the first uh, it was an excellent way to kind of kick everything off. But more importantly, I have to tell you that I'm so excited that you came on the show to chat with me today. I love your show. You know I do. I love your show. And uh, thepopbreak.com is amazing. And you guys at Bob Culture Podcast have had the coolest interviews in 2020. With the world being as it is, you're still banging out these awesome things rusev dana brooke chris stat uh and a bunch of other people and i just want everybody to come and follow uh the bob culture podcast so of course it's time buddy for the shameless promo as you say i'll steal your phrase (laughs) shameless promo Uh, segment of queen's court uh to put yourself over and uh thank you so much again for coming to talk nxt with me
2: well um Thank you for the platform, Queen. Thank you for having me. Like, I, I really feel like I haven't made it until I make an appearance at the castle. I super appreciate it. Um, and right now, guys, you know, with everything going on in the world, you know, use your platforms to speak. Um, you know, help uh, people. You know, people are losing their jobs and stuff like that. Support the indie wrestling scene. I'm, you know, it's a podcast, but I am wearing my Casey Navarro shirt. Hashtag next to be blessed. We love Casey, great friend of the show. Uh, support your indie wrestling f- fan or friends on ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, more importantly, uh, support the Bob Culture podcast. We have a lot of great interviews with the likes. Here come the name drops: Queen of Jake the Snake, Jim Ooh. Ross, Velvet Sky. Summer Ray, we have even had a Ghostbuster on the show. That's right, Mr. Ernie Hudson Winston Zedmore from the Ghostbusters. That is just like a childhood dream come true. Check out our interviews on popbreak.com. I'm a senior editor over there. We have had the likes, as Queen has said, of Dana Brooke, Rusev, and uh, man, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Kurt Angle. What an opportunity that was. So check out all those great sites. Follow me at Bob Culture Pod on Twitter at the Bob Culture Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And more importantly than all that shameless promo, follow the Queen, because absolutely, Queen, since your very first episode, you've been going, what, a little over a year now, you have made your mark on this internet wrestling community. Um, I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but I don't care. You are one of the best podcasters out there, as I always say. I don't know what it is, but you have it, Queen. It's an honor to be part of your show. And uh, just don't forget us when you have your own serious Satellite Radio show.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Coming from you means a lot. Uh, and I'm bringing all y'all with me if I end up on serious <laughs> Radio. Dang. So no, don't worry. No, I'm, that's right. That's <laughs>
2: I'll call right.
1: you. Let's go. <laughs> Roll <Yeah>. out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I will link, of course, all your stuff. Bob in the description, Bob Culture Podcast. Uh, follow on Twitter and all the various platforms you can find. The show, of course, and follow the popbreak.com. Super great stuff there. Um, now, for me, before we exit, y'all, um, what I'd like to say is a couple of things. I, I always end the show by telling you to be kind to one another, especially now. It is more vital than ever to spread that kindness and positivity and be a beacon of change uh, use your voice and platforms. For those of us who write or do podcasting or whatever it is that you do, uh, you have a platform, no matter how big or small. It is important to speak out. Silence is compliance, and we don't stand that here. So you can go over to me on Twitter and hit that pin tweet. There's a lot of ways that you can help, not just monetarily. Uh, and I and I hope that you can uh, assist in some way, shape, or form to the Black lives matter movement as well as you know helping others during this unprecedented pandemic which I know feels because it's nice out like it's over and it ain't over honey wear your mask wash your hands bring your hand sanitizer okay so uh that's it for me uh thanks so much again Rob for coming on the show a special Monday drop of Queen's Queenscore I'm excited I had to talk about NXT so as always enjoy the rest of your day and please please Be kind to one another.
0: Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com.